Hello and welcome to Sitcom Geeks. I'm James Carey. I'm Dave Cohen. And thank you for joining us. We're going to talk this week about doing it yourself. Mm. Um, and this is something we've talked about a number of times in the past. We have. And uh, each each time we've talked about it, something new has come up. Um, so we've, we've gone, I've, I've certainly gone from being the person saying oh, never never do it yourself it's not worth the hassle mm. you can never make anything that's as good as what's already out there and kind of over the course of doing sitcom mm. geeks really uh, every day something new comes up and the more uh the more that i see of it the more i think this is actually the way ahead yes and also i mean you 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 say this from in terms of doing it yourself you a have done Edinburgh shows for decades, true. Which you write about in um, How to Be Averagely Successful at Comedy, which I recommend oh. anybody buys and reads if they're oh, thinking about doing, especially if they're <laughs> thinking about doing an Edinburgh uh, show. Um, and that reminds me, I had this great. Um, I, I put up a link to my book on uh, um, on Facebook where oh, I yes. basically quoted hmm. somebody from one of my Amazon reviews, which was basically. I was hoping for a book that was a bit more inspiring because this book really keeps your feet on the ground um, for my how, book. How dare he? Yes. Um, but, you know, he clearly enjoyed the book. Um, yeah. But, yeah, a lot of it is... So I, if you think about doing an Edinburgh show, you have to read Dave's book to really prepare you for what a slog. Uh, I just read is. a review of my book on Amazon. Uh, right. which, which And it's the one that's at the top. You know, I've got lots of really nice mm. five-star reviews and things. And then this top one says, he waffles a bit, which I'm sure right. you all know is true listening to sitcom geeks. But... Um, I just thought, can't you put one of the really nice uh, yeah. ones? You know, absolutely necessary guide for. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, but also yeah. you. So a, you've, you know, a we do our own podcast. Hmm. B, you have written books, uh, and done it yourself, as it were. Hmm. And C, you've done Edinburgh shows. And D, um, you know, you sort of just sort of makes make stuff happen. Like, so, and from my hmm. point of view. Even though, also, you made that um, well, you made that thing made with a ser- web series, a web series, topical seven years ago. Yeah, um, which was a huge ancient history in labour of terms. love, ancient Ooh. history in, in internet terms. Um, I've always been sort of very sceptical about making your own stuff. But having said that, because I always think that if you're a writer, principally not a performer, you should just write a script because really good scripts are pretty thin on the ground, and they a good script will get you work. And I, in a way, I still believe that. And if you, if you can't, if that's if that's your plan A, and you haven't given plan A a go yet, I would stick with plan A for a bit. Um, but having said that, one of the things that got me on the on the way, as it were, is doing an Edinburgh show, which got nominated for the Perrier Best Newcomer Award. Uh, that helped me get a Radio Four commission. Um, but also since then, I've produced. A number of live stage shows. I produced a play. I've written and produced a play called The God Particle. I've written and produced another live show called um, Amongst Tale, and produced a nine. You know, we well, did it at Edinburgh and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Luther. Yes, yeah, so that's amongst that's Amongst Tale about Martin Luther. Oh right, sorry. And I, then the, and yeah. I'm writing a new show about Thomas Beckett right. for 2020 because that's the two hundred that's the 850th anniversary yeah. in 2020. You have this uh, you have the uh, religious comedy uh, yeah. genre sewn up really. Yes, I, I do. And so I so I produce it not actually in a way I don't see it as career enhancement for me because the wider uh, the wider comedy world and the wider media are are, un, are uninterested in the religious stuff that I'm interested in, and so I'm doing the stuff as a as a side thing because 
to me, it's important stuff and the stories need to be told and I'm interested in Martin Luther and I'm interested in Thomas Beckett and all that kind of stuff. But what I'm saying is um, I am actually de- doing it myself yeah. as well as I've just script edited a CBBC show um, and, you know, and, and done other bits and pieces and also working for a company that are making some direct to audience stuff, again, in the church world, in the Christian world, but stuff that... Um, people might want to buy on DVD because it's the sort of stuff the BBC for, couldn't make for kids because it's of one faith and, and they don't do religious broadcasting for kids because, you know, for, for fairly obvious reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so everything is changing. Yeah, yeah. And I think I'd, uh, without wishing to make this a big um, publicity stunt for our, our books, you know, your book is coming out in January and again it's a religious yeah. uh, based book. My, my new book about writing comedy is coming out quite soon um, and I, I, I mention this now because um, as James and I have been saying over the last sort of couple of years, you know, it's what we know how hard it is to try and get uh, stuff made and you know, we have lots of meetings with, with uh, producers and commissioning editors and um, we haven't had anything on for at least a couple of years James not for sort of a couple of years me for a little bit longer than that I would say um and so when it came to the the idea of the book and I know you know I've got I've got friends and people I know who are published writers uh with with big publishing companies and they can't get published uh and it didn't even cross my mind to try and go to a publisher to get this done I just thought I will do this and in the six months or so that I've been spending learning about uh, publishing your own uh, book I mean every day something new comes up that that's uh, all right I could be trying that and I've I've got so much in place with doing this book and I'm realizing now that actually this is this is what I should have been doing um, you know and and as you say I was doing when I was putting on my shows in Edinburgh Um, so so yes it is uh, it is all changing it, the BBC is still there. The BBC is still the uh, best yeah. place. It makes the most comedy in the world, probably still. Yeah. Um, they have some element of training up people still in the yeah. way. And they have the, the uh, sketch shows for radio, uh, shows like News Jack at the moment, uh, and other shows. I'm not sure. Yeah. Is there, another, there are, uh, Sketchtopia, I think, is another show at the moment that's taking non-commissioned writing. So it's still, the BBC is still the big company yeah. that you can actually get in yeah. off the streets on. Uh, yeah. But... And they're, paying, you know, they're yeah. spending tens of millions of pounds on scripted comedy. Yeah. Now, they, they're giving most of it to Paul Whitehouse... Yeah. <laughs> and Harry Enfield and Vic and Bob and mm. Steve Coogan and stuff, as you'd expect, because they're, you know, they're funny people who are very well-established names, but they do keep making new stuff like This mm. Country and like uh, Fleabag. Um, people Just Do Nothing. People yeah. Just Do Nothing. So, so all of these shows start somewhere. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so it's worth bearing in mind that, you know, and this is the beauty, and this is why I don't uh, work in features, because a feature film has to speak itself into existence there has to be funding. You have to, you know, it can take you three, four, five, six years just to raise the money to make a movie because a movie has to have a reason to exist. Whereas BBC One have to show TV programmes. Yeah. They can't not show anything. Hmm. Um, even though it reminds me of a very funny short story by Alexi Sale about a commissioner who basically couldn't make a decision about anything and so there was literally nothing 
um, and he was visiting uh, prostitutes and getting them to read scripts for him. And, this, and these, these prostitutes had excellent notes. Right. Uh, and this guy, um, it's a very funny story. I think it's in the Dog Catcher right. uh, book. Um, but the beauty of TV and radio is they have to produce dozens and dozens of hours of comedy hmm. every year, you know, TV and radio and online. Yeah. So, uh, but in terms of accessing that, you know, A, you can just go to them with an idea and they might do it. Or B, you can show what you can do by, um, by doing something yourself. You can also build your own audience. It may even become self-sustaining to the point where for a lot of YouTubers, there's just no point in them going on television because they have less control and it doesn't make as much money. Um, and so, you know, and also you're then more attractive to TV because you bring an audience with you. So all of these things you know, are now much bigger factors than they were even sort of three or four years ago. Yeah. So that's why we're sort of spending a bit of time thinking about it now. And uh, talking of which, um, last week I went to see um, a screening of a sitcom, um, which is called uh, Old, um, and it's by um, Joe Tilly. And Joe is uh, not uh, with Channel 4 or BBC or anything. She just thought... I've got an idea for a script and I want to make it. Um, and I think she probably went around touting the script around hmm. for a year or whatever and yeah. not getting anywhere with it. I just thought, why don't I just make the whole show myself? Um, which is like a you know, massive thing to do, a hmm. massive undertaking. And she, she, but she got the finance for it. She got the finance. She got, the, uh, she got performers. Uh, she got a, a place. She got a director in. And, uh, you know, they, they, they made um, you know, a, a perfectly good episode of, of a, a sitcom. I went mm. to see this half-hour episode. Had people like uh, Peter Straker was in it, who you may remember from uh, various uh, TV shows. I, I remember him as a booker of a comedy club, um, mm -hmm. but and I remember him being God. That's Peter Straker. I can't remember what it was that he was in. That he was a very successful actor. But there's lots of the uh, you know lots of um, good actors in this mm. in, in the show, and it's all set in an old people's home, and there's some nice little stories in mm. there. Um, what uh, I'm, you know, it's not in that form. I'm guessing it's not going to actually appear on your screens because it's certainly uh, not as know. is. No, no. Um, but what what it will have done and what it's done for Joe, I, I I think will have made her realise actually, you know, I've, it's one thing to just write something and send it out there and hope hope that you know hope that somebody likes it, but then to just say sod it, I've written it, I like it. Uh, I I can make it. I can go out there. You know, I'm a, I'm a professional person making mm. comedy. Um, and again, this is a, a, something that I've been saying a lot in the last year or so. And I said at Hlandidno, uh, the comedy festival, this, uh, you know, you've got to be business-like. You've yeah. got to be a little bit proactive in Come this. on, say the word. Writerpreneur. Writerpreneur, oh, there it is. Oh, I, yeah. I, it sort of sends shivers up my spine. I didn't invent the word, uh, okay. thank God. Yeah. Somebody had already come up with it. Um, but that's that's what you have to be. And in fact, we there are, you know, there, there, there are more uh, opportunities out there now for people. And there's uh, a lot of... Um, 
websites now that, uh, and particularly American websites, uh, that you can send one-liners to uh, if you've got if you if that's your thing that you, if you're good at writing one-liners. There's a there's a site called Comedy Wire uh, in America, which uh, I know that a lot of uh, British writers are going to. It's a little bit. I mean, the 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 problem with all of this is it is a bit like the Wild West at the moment, mm. and um, you know you can send your one-liners to comedy wire and yeah i think they pay they, they it depends who's uh, someone's offering 30 dollars for you to write your your one-liners and then you find out well actually oh it's 30 dollars for for 10 or something and so you'll kind of end up with three dollars for your one-liner which to be fair is three dollars more than you get if you just put it on twitter so um you know if you are someone who likes writing one-liners and you need you know it's a good it's good practice and uh, one of our uh patreon uh, members uh john rands he's um he's uh written some he's told us a little bit he's been writing some lines for for comedy wire mm. uh and he says you know if you want to try and get stuff on news jack um if you want to get stuff used elsewhere you have to practice and this is a good way to practice i don't know if you've uh there's also we had a couple of people there's another uh, guy called uh, chris ballard as well yeah, was doing that too. We, uh, we sort of put out asked people if they what their experience was of comedy wire and basically uh the, the the main headline is well it doesn't pay brilliantly but it's a great place and it's a good place to meet other writers as well yeah, yeah. and so. again it's just a question of getting match fit for writing jokes which is something that doesn't come naturally to you um, as in, for most people, it doesn't. I mean, if it does, then then great, and you're probably already working in that field and you're a professional. But for most people, it's a lot of graft, and so it's it's inherently worth doing. I mean, the alternative is if you don't if you want to own everything that you put out, then start your own Twitter feed, yeah, and treat your Twitter feed as if it's a, a proper joke thing. Um, and you know, don't put out everything that you think of. Just you know, be selective. Write loads and put out bits. And um, I mean, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you can go and listen to our interview with Moose Allen, who is a, uh, a full-time cartoonist and, and artist who has built up a huge demand for his his uh, visual work mm-hmm. through his uh, word use on Twitter. Yeah, um, he actually doesn't put up that many pictures of his own work, does he? No, no. Um, and so. You know that was a really smart move of of using his comedy ability to draw mm. a crowd, um, and actually wouldn't surprise me if he was starting to get gag writing work um, yeah. as well. Well, he's certainly he's getting he he's getting cartoons in Private Eye now as yeah. well, and uh, yeah, he's he, he uh, I don't know if he's too busy to do gag writing yeah. work, maybe. Um, yes, that's right. But, but yeah. um, and don't also forget that we, it's already come and gone. But there was a Twitter feed called "Shit My Dad Says." Mm-hmm. And it became a sitcom. Yeah, it didn't last very long. No, um, I think it had to have William Shatner in it. Yeah, um, there's a very British problems. Is that another one or something? Oh, that, possibly that's, that's, that's become, become a TV a, show. Yeah, that's um, become something. So. And so all of these things can become something else, um, but in a way, it's again you have to see it as a it's a marathon, not a sprint. You're yeah. not trying to. It's not like you're trying to set up a startup and then cash out for yeah. millions of pounds so that you don't have to be a comedy writer hmm. because that's the thing you actually want to be. And if you're doing, if you're doing this for the money, there are so many other better ways of making money, like yeah. pyramid selling, for example, <laughs> um, yes. you know, start selling cleaning products or good do, being door to door or crime. 
Um, you know, I mean, all of these things yeah. are more profitable in uh, the short term. Don't steal other people's jokes, though. No, that's right. Exactly. That's the worst yes. crime. Yeah, you have to be quite. You have to be quite famous to get away with that. Yeah, um, I think. I think, and uh, and to come back to again, my experience um, that the, the, the overwhelming. Uh, Body of work that's come out now about self-publishing, and and um, you know, I probably now I probably cut down my habit maybe to about two or three uh, articles a day. Um, but you know, that you could spend the rest of eternity just reading every single article about um, self-publishing. The whole time, I'm aware that actually, unless my book is going to be good enough yeah. uh, there's no point for this and there, there yeah. is a lot of stuff out there that tells you how to be a successful self-publisher yeah. and get on Amazon bestseller yeah. list because there are about 10,000 Amazon bestseller yeah. lists you can now if you're if you have a kind of niche yeah. uh, well I'm, I can probably guarantee that James's book will become an Amazon number one bestseller yeah. in the uh, in the genre of uh, comedy and religion yes. and yes, what, like one yes. other thing that yes. will make it the le, only le, book in yes, that genre. Yes, pretty much. Yeah, there are almost no books, yeah. and that's one of the reasons I've written it. Um, and yeah, the last. So, so we so we do come back to this. You've got to put the you've got to put the work in, and that the content is always the most important thing. And yeah. I mean, it is incredibly exciting, and it, and it is all incredibly new. Mm. But it is also very easy to uh, get to sort of run away with the fact that it is that you can actually you can now publish a book mm. for 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 nothing. Yeah. If you if you so desire, you for naught. You know, it costs you naught p to publish a book yeah. um, and you can probably make a YouTube sketch now for yeah. not much money yeah. um, so but well you can shoot it you on know. your phone I mean it's, yeah. uh, you can make it for literally yeah. zero you can make a crap one for no money yeah. but you've you can got also make to a, write a good yeah. one first. you can also make a good one for no yeah. money as well Yeah, um, especially if you come up with a persona or a format which suits zero budget and you know Jenna Marbles a YouTuber oh, she yeah. did some mm-hmm. really uh, and literally, literally just took her talking into her laptop or her phone right. um, and it's just really funny yeah um, the other thing I was going to say is um, that though the reason that you can get top of an Amazon bestseller list is because you do have a niche and I think that's something that's kind of overlooked slightly so if you and again even with Edinburgh shows for example so so last year I did a show at Edinburgh called Amongst Tale and it was about Martin Luther and the 95 Theses, which incidentally is one of the single greatest cultural events of the last thousand years in European history. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but no one cares about that. I get it. Um, <laughs> oh, they did at the time. There was, they, I read a lot of articles saying yeah, that, saying there was, exactly yeah, that. It was a, it was a big deal, um, especially 500 years ago. The thing is, you know, two million people go to the Edinburgh Festival and buy tickets. I don't need two million people to see my show. I only need about 100 people a day to see my show. And actually, the appeal of a show about that is if you happen to have, if you're, if on any given day 150,000 people are buying tickets, I only need one of a thousand who's even heard of Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King, and who knows what the 95 Theses are. If you have a particular interest in something and you see a show about it, you go, oh, that'll be interesting. Just as I also know about comedy, and if there was another show, if Rob Long did a Conversations with My Agent type show at the Edinburgh Fringe, I'd go and see it because I'm really interested in comedy. Um, and also, if there was a show about the New Testament or whatever, 
I'd go and see it because I'm interested in, in the New Testament. So the reason I say that is because an awful lot of podcasts are started and YouTube channels and books are written, but actually a lot of them vanish into nowhere because they don't actually have a selling point that will get you to a niche from which you can then build a base. And therefore, I would argue that if you're interested in anything, um, it's worth just working out how you can turn that into yeah. a blog or a podcast or a YouTube channel or, or, an, Edinburgh or, or an Edinburgh show, ideally all of the above. So yeah. my new show about Thomas Beckett is going to be an Edinburgh show and a live touring show and also an audio project. And also, you know, my book, The Sacred Art of Joking, comes out in January. And I'm going to do a whole load of other audio for that and write loads of blog posts about it. And also do some live speaking and turning up and all that kind of stuff. And you have to see it. So it'll be... of in So I, th I think it's just worth thinking, what are you passionate about? What are you interested in? And and go for that. If you are interested in beekeeping, um, Is what what's, you could be the funny beekeeper yeah. guy. If you're interested in string theory, you could be the funny string theory lady yeah. um, or the only lady in the world who is interested in string theory, um, for example. Um, so there are all these different uh, things about, you know, so sort of just doing a sketch is great, that's fine. But if there's any way in which you have an angle, you have an area that you can then write a book about and become a top of an Amazon bestseller list, um, then, then great. Um, I would really think about, about that as an angle. Just what you've been saying there suddenly made me think of uh, that the, the Edinburgh Fringe, as as a sort of metaphor, is like a, is like the internet really. Yeah, uh, a very very small version. Of what you were saying there yeah. about the idea that there's two million people there, and uh, you know at the top of the internet you've got. Um, You've got Google and Amazon Stephen or Fry, whatever. Yeah. So you've got Ricky Gervais or yeah. whoever. Stephen with, Fry. And, yeah, yeah, whichever big person happens to be there. And, you know, they're all the, yeah. the, the, the they're not going to get two million people, yeah. but they're going to get ten times more people applying for tickets than can actually go. So you've got the traffic there, like you have the traffic of the internet. And nobody's, you know, nobody's trying to get more traffic on the internet. What you're trying to do is get that traffic to come to you and that's uh that that's really what james is saying there so um of those two million people that are that are buying tickets there are quite quite realistically two thousand of them will be into beekeeping and so if you get those two thousand people and their partners or whatever to come yeah. and see you you know you have got uh, a, a show that you know you might not get reviewed or anything but you've got a show that is going to make financially make it worth your while to be there yeah. plus you've got the book that will come out of that and, and everything else so it is all about you know selling selling the thing that you have yeah really yeah. i'm sorry to be that uh, writerpreneur character again. well there, and there's another thing on top of that which edinburgh kind of made me think about as well is of course the other thing you can do is go to edinburgh and not do a show I mean, obviously, the most, one of the most famous examples of that is uh, Tim Vine buying a poster. Um, and he nearly won an a comedy award for it because there was a massive poster in Edinburgh, a billboard that said, with a picture of Tim Vine, arms outstretched, and it says, Tim Vine, and at the bottom it says, will not be appearing at this year's Fringe. <laughs> I didn't know about that. Yeah, this is about five or six years ago, oh, right. I think. So right, massive right. picture, a poster on Cowgate or somewhere like that, very, yeah. very prominent. 
And so Tim just thought, oh, I can't, I'm not getting to the fringe this year, but I can at least do that. Yeah. Um, and they, they, in the end, I think they were going to give it an award and they thought, you, you have to actually be in Edinburgh <laughs> for us to give you the award. So yeah. we're not going to allow that. But the other thing is, like Arthur Smith used to do tours. Oh, yeah. Um, and it reminds me also, I think there's a stand-up comedian, I want to say Noel Britton, who I think used to do stuff in Bath. He used to be a street performer in yeah. Bath. But I think also used to do bizarre bath tours. Or yeah. I, I might have conflated some things there. Yeah. But for example, another thing you can do is comedy tours or a comedy ghost tour mm. or a comedy, you know, your version of, if you're very knowledgeable about an area yeah. or a place, um, and then you could turn that into a podcast or your own audio guided tour of that place or something like that. Mm. Um, all of these different things have got to start somewhere. Um, you know, The Onion started out i think as um as an advert for a pizza place right i think it was sort yeah. of i can't remember whether the pizza place or the content the funny content came first or whatever yeah. but it was a very 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 small thing mm. and it just got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger yeah if it, it feels like it's sort of come and gone now doesn't it yeah. but um even though it was ended up on tv at one point yeah um and now there's a christian version called the babylon b which is yeah. basically if you know anything about christianity um, you'll find the Babylon Bee funny. Um, and then there was the local newspaper, British local newspaper version called the Framley Examiner, yeah. um, which Jason Hazley and Joel Morris and and others, um, I think Joel's brother and people like that, um, pioneered as well. Well, um, of course, the Daily Mash is another one that uh, yeah. if you can write uh, those kind of... Uh, 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 the, the story is always the hardest. And we've got an interview coming up with uh, Tim uh, Telling, who's been involved from the from the early days of the yeah. Daily Mash website to the TV. Yeah, and you can listen to it now if you oh. become a subscriber on Patreon because all of these uh, episodes are, are sitting there waiting to be listened to by Patreon subscribers uh, before they eventually um, go out uh, yeah. to the wider public. Tim has a lot of very good advice for people who, and Tim, Tim like me, comes very much from the sort of the, the, the punk approach to uh, comedy, which is, um, you know, it, it, it's... Um, very much the, the DIY, the world of, of do it yourself mm. and uh, don't, you know, just ig ignore everybody else. Obviously, you're still trying to get your shows on the BBC, but as we said right at the start of this podcast, you know, you are uh, taking the initiative as well. Mm. Yeah. One other thing I forgot to mention, actually, there's a thing called the Comedy Crowd, uh, yeah. which is, again, it's a, 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 an exciting uh, development. And there's a, again, a lot of people, they uh, they run a competition, a, sh a short movie competition. Um, and in fact, the, the Writers Guild Awards last year introduced an award for best short uh, film. So if you could, if you've got a penchant for doing those, there's a chance you could win an award, and they're they're, they're pretty, you know, kind of high prestige now. The Writers Guild Awards. So there are a lot of places now where you can go and you can start to uh, get a bit of publicity and a bit of exposure. Yeah, yeah, because if you do do a short thing and you get a Writers Guild Award or any other award, but Writers Guild one, let's say we're both members, and the Writers Guild's brilliant. Um, you get to turn up to a if you're just nominated. You get to turn up to a a, a uh, an award ceremony with comedy producers and everybody mm. like that. They'll all be there. They'll all see you nominated, and then you might win the award, or they might think that you were robbed, and they'll go and look up your thing that you did. Um, but you you won't get that if you don't actually do anything. If you yeah. don't actually make it, if you don't actually uh, get around to, to putting it up. 
keep writing, keep doing things, keep uh, you know, keep keep working at your scripts or, mm. or whatever. That's always that that's always got to be the number one priority. Yeah, is you want to write what is the best possible thing. Mm. Don't you can't cut corners on that. Yeah, but be aware of everything that's out there and try not to be overwhelmed by it mm. because there is so much stuff out there now. Mm. And, yeah, but it's a, yeah. it's a long-term project, isn't it? So yeah. you've got to start small. You've got to start somewhere. Um, you know, when we started this podcast, we didn't know, A, we'd still be going now and B, um, you know, where it would lead and mm. what we now do and all that kind of some Patreon subscribers and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you just want to, just just do it and the, the things there's, a, there's an excellent um uh resource dave has, has confessed to listening to lots of uh advice on self-publishing and that kind of stuff there is so much out there and actually a very effective way of making a living on the internet is to tell people how to make a living on the internet um i'm aware of the of the picks and shovels gold rush yeah. um similarities there but um there's an australian blog called pro blogger Mm-hmm. Um, and he also does a podcast as well, um, and uh, he does sound exactly like that, if I may okay. say so. Very good. Um, yes. But it's like he's in the room it's with like us now. He's in the room. It's like uh, Darren. His name is. Um, he's lovely. I've never met him, but I've listened to quite a lot of his podcasts. So his is primarily about blogging, but he now podcasts as well. And in a way, he sort of is, gives really good advice to how to. Uh, go about just starting from a blog or a podcast or a vodcast, whatever it is, and sort of turning yourself into a brand and expert. It's not about being a comedian necessarily, but, you know, again, Mm. you could be the comedy beekeeper. Um, And, you know, this is how you go about uh, becoming, you know, making a living out of that. And usually it just becomes something you do in the evenings and eventually people start, um, you know, cutting down, down their hours at work. And after sort of three or four years, sometimes uh people end up sort of doing it professionally mm-hmm. um so there are loads of opportunities out there and in a way now everything's online it's sort of harder to be seen but again if you're if you've got a niche if you've got something and if you've got something that's good because ultimately the best the thing that does the best is the stuff that's good i know yeah. it sounds a bit silly to say that when people talk about how do i market my show uh, at the edinburgh fringe and people ask me advice one have a show that's any good yeah cannot stress that enough uh, because most shows are not that good yeah. some are quite good uh, and some are excellent it has to be great for actually for edinburgh yeah but you know you kind of that that's again as i keep coming back to it all the all the hype all the best-selling amazon stuff is uh, is for nothing if you do not have the uh the great script yeah. to back it up yeah yeah exactly or go in a completely opposite direction from where the technology is now so as i say do a comedy tour start an actual magazine you know a newsletter something that's actually has to be posted yeah. to people do you know what i mean uh sort of get, yeah, going beat, in the going betamax in the op- video yeah going in the opposite direction <laughs> often uh, can pay dividends because you know you create some kind of scarcity or, or whatever it is you but again these things have to be done for the right reasons if you're doing it to make money again may i suggest crime yeah um and um, any accountancy kind of account- I think. yes or accountancy law accountancy yes, and law yes. and there's quite a big overlap between all of those things <laughs> yeah. um crime accountancy and law um so and there's also uh, just one other thing that's quite interesting um is news review 
Oh, yeah. So News sure. Review is a thing that runs at the Canal Cafe oh, in London yeah. all the time. And it's taking new material. And again, they've never asked permission to do it. It's just a small fringe theatre in West mm-hmm. London, in Maida Vale, delightful surroundings. And they just do it every week. Um, you could do that, maybe. Topical comedy. Yeah. They, they want jokes. They yeah. want songs. They want yeah. funny stuff that will make a, an audience yeah. laugh. So, yeah. uh, you know. You could start a comedy club in your town, if you're yeah. outside London, particularly. Um, well, I think a lot of people have done that. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, I, I mean, it's uh, one thing I would say is um, possibly that uh, the world that where the, the, the sort of the Wild West aspect has kind of, uh, it's been and gone almost, mm. is stand-up comedy. Yeah. Because I think it is now uh, not as easy to have a stand-up comedy show. But I, I would say as well, actually, sketch shows, improv shows, and fringe theatre are uh, coming pretty well coming back really mm. now in the same way that it's cheaper to you can make your own youtube yeah. sketch now it's now not as challenging to, to do a fringe theater show as it was say 10 15 20 years ago mm. yeah we talked about that in another podcast i think that fringe theater is actually uh you know it, it, it's where a lot of really interesting comedy is yeah. happening now. yes that's right and previously it was rep theater in yeah. the days of porridge and all that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. all these great comedy actors were rep actors that's where they learned yeah but yeah fringe theater seems to be uh more of a thing i think it's partly the more the more virtual things are the more things we are online because we sort of crave human contact yeah we're actually now more likely to to go and see somebody perform live um because you know we don't want to be huddled in our own homes um although that's convenient it's ultimately quite lonely um so um and that is one of the most big problems I believe, in the country, is loneliness. Indeed. Great. Uh, the other thing that's worth talking about, um, speaking of that, is writers and loneliness. And I don't mm. know whether this should be a whole episode or not. Well, funnily enough, I am writing more of the last chapter I have got to write uh, mm. for my book is, a, is about uh, writing and comedy and mental illness. Okay. Um, it's an area that I've become uh, particularly uh, interested in. Um, but uh, yes, I think there's definitely a, yeah. a whole episode in yeah. that. I don't want to yeah, talk that. about that but now. But also, yeah. just in terms of, yeah. there's, there's also the other thing about um, self-care as well and looking mm. after yourself and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Um, so, um, and getting into good habits, really. And um, uh, that's, that's probably one for another time. Yeah. Um, we should probably talk, when we talk to other writers, we should probably ask them more about you know, ha- not just how when they write, mm. but also how they write, and yeah. you know what their office looks like, or what their, whether they are people who go out to write or stay in, or only write at two o'clock in the morning, or all that kind of stuff. But I think all of those things, especially if you start to get a family or whatever, or a very busy job, a demanding job, those things mm. all start to take their toll on you, and actually you yeah. can go a little bit mad. Which, from a writing point of view, is sort of okay if you're Ernest Hemingway. For for a while, yeah. But as a long term life yeah. plan, it's it's not. No, it's not great, and I I don't think the art is worth it. No. Um. So uh, this is exactly what I yeah. talk about in my uh, uh, great in my chapter. Cool. So, well, yeah. uh, so tell us. So what what is that book actually called, and when is it's it? It's called Funny Up. Mm-hmm. Uh, make your scripts, sitcom, stand up, novels, screenplays, sixty two percent funnier. Wow, uh, put a number on it. Yeah, so that's the uh, that's the plan. And specific it's, specific is funnier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's um, again, I've been uh, I haven't quite 
worked out what the launch is going to be yet. That's mm. big partly because I've got about 10 choices that I've read in blogs and listened to webinars. That's yeah. another word I never dreamed yes. I would hear myself saying. And part of you dies when you say it. Yes, but, exactly. Yeah. But uh, there are, I think I'll probably launch it as an ebook uh, in a couple of weeks or yeah. a few weeks' time and then uh, and then a print version of it. Yeah. So over the course of the autumn, it, it will be coming out in various forms. Yeah. Um, my book is called The Sacred Art of Joking. It comes out, I think... Uh, it's being launched on Blue Monday in January, so the right. the, the saddest day of the year. Great um, is when my book is out, <laughs> and it's about uh, uh, comedy and why comedy, why jokes go wrong, right. and can potentially get you fired or killed. Yeah. Um, and in particular, you know the, how religion has to carry the can yeah. for some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got uh, a chapter on that. Actually, there are as a well. variety of faiths which have a poor track record when it comes to having a sense of humour, right. and my own Christianity is one of them. Um, so I spend I'll some vouch time for on that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so uh, so it covers that, and also I did a sort of quite a lot of stuff on Jerry Springer, the opera, um, and what people exactly were offended about and upset about, and when they complained, who were they complaining to, and why, and what were they expecting to happen, and then sort of another example of that being. Um, the Book of Mormon, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, a textbook case of how to take a joke, which yeah. the Mormons did pretty well. Um, but that's partly because they're so flipping nice um, that they're very polite. They're not going to say how much they absolutely hated it yeah. um, because it's very rude about um, about about God, but particularly about Mormonism. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's all to come. I'll be making. Hopefully, I'll be interviewing people. Um, in this kind of in this kind of space about that book and, and launching it and one of the reasons I'm doing that is I want a I'm really interested in it and b you know I've, I'm leveraging the things I've got which is access to you know comedians who have an interest in this kind of stuff uh, and other writers and all that kind of stuff and sort of leveraging that uh, to sell to sell my book. You're doing it yourself. James. I'm doing it myself. Even though in a way SBCK are, 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 are doing it, they're they're publishing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're a legitimate publisher, and they publish the Archbishop of Canterbury, right. previous and other other people. Um, you know, I'm just assuming that I'll be doing the, all the publicity myself. Yeah. Um, and I'm thrilled that they want to publish it, and I probably would have self-published it anyway. Yeah. Um, but it's it's great to give them a bit of a shove. Mm-hmm. It might mean I make less money out of it because they published it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, but there are other reasons for going. And again, just sort of just to round up the DIY stuff, the reason it's good to have a legitimate publisher is that it still looks good to have a legitimate publisher. Yeah. And self-publishing still has a tinge of Alex Jones, uh, foil hats, um, and you know, this is the this is the book that no one yeah. would publish. Well, yeah, there's there's one obvious reason as to why no one would publish it. <laughs> I think that's partly true. I, I think that's getting less and less uh, true, true as, no, as time goes on. Mm. And I, I think it um, that there's now pretty much. Um, I think that that whilst that may be the feeling in the same way that uh, people in television uh, who were you know that, that's the sort of top commissioning editors. Uh, will not say, oh, you know, kind of going out and doing it yourself. That's not the way we do things. Yeah. Uh, but they kind of, they're aware, they are aware, mm. even as they're saying, oh, I'm I'm top commissioning yeah. BBC, whatever. They're aware that actually everything that's happening is uh, is 
changing to their disadvantage mm. and they have to find new ways of looking at it. But um, yeah. I, I do think that um, I, 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 nothing would have pleased me more than to get a publisher yeah. for this book. But actually, I, I looked at all the obvious thoughts yeah. about it, which is, first of all, that I'm probably, uh, that the, the, I know more about who the audience is. I can probably get to that my mm. audience yeah. uh, better from a marketing point of view better than they can. Yeah. I can get it out. I'm I'm writing it and rewriting it yeah. now, knowing that um, I'll be writing it and rewriting it up to the point that I load it onto Amazon Kindle. Yeah. Um, so it will be uh, 24 hours after it comes out. It will be um, a day, yeah. and, and in fact, you can you know you can you can update it and things like yeah. that. So so there are just it's just a phenomenal. Yeah. The changes are so big that yeah. they are starting to make uh, thoughts like oh, is self-publishing uh, just like vanity publishing? That's kind of becoming irrelevant. I think that's true, and I think um, so. For example, uh, writing that sitcom, which is my uh, my ebook, a very good book it is too. Yes, I recommend much. it. Um, <laughs> in a way, it feels like your funny up is almost the sequel, isn't it? It's like you've got a draft of a script now. Now what yeah. do you do? Yeah. Um, so my script is about going from your original idea um, to an actual script. Um, and what to do with it once you've written it, and who to send it to, and stuff. But mainly, it's about taking an idea. And also, if you want to hear us do that, if you become a Patreon subscriber, we're starting a, a Patreon-only series called Soup to Nuts, yeah. in which uh, we go from a basic idea to hopefully a finished product. Mm, we are um, creating a sitcom. We are creating a sitcom before your very ears. <laughs> um, but the reason I mentioned the book is because, in the end, my agent found a publisher for it. Right. Um, and they offered me some money for it. And they said, we'll publish it. Uh, in a year's time uh, mm -hmm. for this much money. And I sort of did the maths and thought, well, hang on. So a, a year's time, that's a year's, of, that's a year's worth of sales lost. I, I have a blog and a podcast that's basically going to sell 85% of the copies of this. I don't quite see what I'm getting out of this deal. And also, once you take an advance the, and a percentage of royalties or whatever, you then have to sell a lot of books. Yeah. I think in order to make more than the advance, I would have had to have sold eight. 10,000 copies of my right. book. Uh -huh. Now, there aren't 10,000 people in the world who want to read my book. Uh, you never I don't, know. I don't think so, but just because there aren't that many people who want to know how to write a sitcom from basic <laughs> idea to, you know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. a technical book. Yeah. So I thought, well, I'll just sell it as an ebook for a fiver, and that way I get probably £3.75 or four, I don't know how much I get from it. Mm. And over the course of two, three years, I'll probably make the advance of what I got. I still own the book in its yeah. entirety and mm -hmm. the copyright and everything. And um, if it sell, if I sell 8,000 copies online, I'll make considerably more than the advance. Yeah. So in a way, I just thought, I don't actually need the advance amount of money. I've written the book anyway, or I'm going to write it anyway. So I'll do it. Yeah. Um, whereas with the second book, uh, opportunity came up. Well, opportunity came up. And the I tell you what, again, these things come out. The reason that SPCK are publishing it is, they heard me on the radio, yeah. on Radio 2, mm -hmm. promoting my stage play, A Monk's Tale. Right. Which, was a, which, which is my DIY show mm. that I did at the Fringe with no prospect of it ever being broadcast or published or, or anything. Yeah. I made my own CD and stuff to go with it and, and all that kind of business. Um, in a desperate attempt to try and make money out of it. But because... So that created me the opportunity to go on Claire Balding's show on Radio 2 um, and talk about it. 
I also talked about the idea of writing a book. Somebody from SBCK heard me on Radio 2, contacted me and said, oh, we'd be interested in publishing that book. Right. Um, so you never know what will come as a result yeah. of doing something mm. um, as opposed to just writing something. So write stuff, great. Continue to write stuff. For me, that will always still be plan A in a way. Yeah. But plan B is looking pretty good these days. Yeah. Good. Well, that's fantastic. I look forward to seeing your book, and I hope that we don't we don't uh, cross over too much because I've got a little bit about um, offence and religion right. in my book as well. So. Well, I've got I've got lots. Yes, about I'm that. sure you have. That's pretty much, <laughs> and I have probably far more references to incidents in the Old and New Testament. Right. Um, yes, you have. That are yeah. demonstrating. If you've got one, then yes. you've got one more than I have. Yes, that's in right. That case. Haven't you even got one about Moses? Come on. It's, nope. Sorry. Oh, no. Terrible lapsed no, Jew. All contemporary. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Okay. Um, great. Well, uh, I think that's our show. Um, thanks very much for listening. Thank you. Um, you can find us on the Twits. Um, we are Sitcom Geeks. Uh, on Twitter yep. you can also find us on uh, Facebook, Facebook. Um, that big blue portal uh, which sometimes shows you things we put up and more often than not doesn't <laughs> um, so if you follow us on Facebook why don't you just look us up again and go and look at the posts um, and maybe follow us rather than like us I don't know if that makes yeah. any difference mm -hmm. um, and if you want to hear our sitcom as well come uh, sign up for uh, Patreon Yes, uh, for uh, so you'll be able to sitcom listen. Sitcom geeks again, Patreon yes. slash sitcom geeks. We have in the archive, um, as it were, ready to go an interview with Stephen Moffat and yeah. with Al Murray, um, and you know loads of other things besides. Mm -hmm. We we do Patreon only podcasts about the first ten pages, um, so if you are a subscriber, we'll read your first ten pages and do a little podcast about it, and. Um, yeah, and also Soup to Nuts, which is our series on just sort of creating a, a sitcom uh, from scratch. So all of those things are available. You can also email us. And if mm. we're not talking about stuff you would like us to talk about, email us sitcomgeeks at gmail.com. That's right. Yep. I've even got it right. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks, Dave. Thank you very much, James. And speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.